0: Welcome to the HCC Podcast. Our mission here at Heritage is to nurture love for God, love for self, and love for each other. I hope and pray that the message you're about to hear does that for you. And remember, you're always welcome here at Heritage Community Church. My, 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 my. I'm ready for the word. Do you know why the worship is so important? Because it prepares our heart to receive the word of God. That's why it's important to be here for the worship, because when we give our praises to God, it opens up our spirit to receive what he wants us to hear. And I know the Lord has a word for us today, but before I get in that, there's somebody I want to introduce to you this morning uh, from Lee University. He's an intern with us for about eight weeks. Jose Luis Rodriguez, would you stand and would you let the church see who you are? Could you embarrass him right now and welcome him to Heritage? He's going to be with us for the next eight weeks and we're going to put him to work, praise God. He's going to leave after this eight weeks. I don't know that I want to go back there again. No, we're going to show him the love of God. Amen. And I hope and pray that this church will show your love towards him as well. Amazing young man, get to know him. He'll be out there with me at the end of service. I wanted to thank you this morning again for being with me this morning here at Heritage. What a blessing it is to be in the house. It's just, and, and, and if you're new with us, thank you for being here. If you're watching online, thank you for being a part. We're into this series called How Sweet the Sound. And in this series, we're talking about some of the classic hymns and telling the backstories behind them and relating them to everyday life. And this morning is no different. As you've heard the song now twice, we're going to be talking about the song, "All Fly Away. And in the context of this song, we're going to be talking about how sweet heaven is going to be i don't know about you but heaven just watching the news looking outside looking around us heaven looks sweeter every single day do you believe it today we're going to today's also pentecost sunday where we celebrate and honor the power of the holy spirit i could preach to you today acts chapter 2 and 4 and i could preach the baptism and power of the holy spirit and one day soon i will but today i wanted to talk about heaven about this sweet place because i don't know about you but i'm ready to go home this is not my home i reside here i live here i work here but this is not my home my home is in a place called glory my home is in a place called heaven and i want to talk to you about this thought the simple thought that i want you to think about this thought throughout this entire message that we are to have a hope for tomorrow do you have a hope for tomorrow but while having a hope for tomorrow there must be an urgency for today I need you to hear that because we're going to pray and we're going to preach this message we're going to open these altars and we're going to allow God to do His thing we must have a hope for tomorrow heaven is just on the other side but in hoping for heaven I must have an urgency for the right now an urgency that all of my children know God that all of my relatives know God. That my spouse knows God. That, that my coworkers know God. That my church knows God. That I do have a hope for tomorrow that one day soon we'll all be together again. But my urgency is for right now making sure that everybody who's with me goes too. Do you have the same urgency this morning? A hope for tomorrow but an urgency for today. I want you to help me pray that the Holy Spirit would use me and guide me. Would you pray for me? God, I thank you right now for this time of worship that we've had. Lord, that the Spirit of God is in this room. Father God, you are invited here. And I'm asking you, Jesus, that you'd be with me right now, that you would be my mouth as I speak. Lord, this, this, this pulpit is too big for me. I don't know that I could do this without you. So I'm inviting you to come right now and use me in a way more powerful than I could ever imagine. And God, I pray for every single person in this room that you would open up their ears to hear their eyes to see and their minds to know the truth of your word come holy spirit and it's in your name i pray amen Amen. and amen i was reading a message from a pastor in oklahoma just the other day he was asked a question about the american church and i loved his answer i wanted to share his response this morning he said i was at a pastor's conference recently and one of those pastors there asked me what is your biggest concern for the american church I thought it was an interesting question. And honestly, when I look at the church today, there are so many things that make me optimistic and full of faith. My concerns are not the top things on my list as much as the things that I'm excited about. But he asked the question, so I'll answer. The the first thing that came to my mind is that I'm afraid that too many people call themselves Christians, but they love the world too much. Too much love for the world and the things of this world and because of that they often live with a very real spiritual complacency. There's not an urgency for us to do the things of God because I think so many of us in our culture that call themselves Christians are too in love with the things of this world. How do you see it? You see it when people are more concerned with what other people think about them than what God thinks about them. You see it when we're more passionate about our own comfort than we are about God's calling. You see it whenever we're more concerned about what we have than who we are becoming for the glory of God. Sure, we believe in God. We pray to God. We need Him. We worship Him. We'll give whenever it's convenient for us because we are so consumed with loving the things of this world. We're always wanting more. Yes, we prayed the prayer. Yes, we did the Jesus thing. Yes, we go to church. But... Now we hope that God does what we want Him to do. To give us the life on earth that we think that we should live and that we deserve. I see it when we partake of things we ought not to touch. My biggest concern is that we're too in love with the world. And have spiritual complacency. Wow. Wow. And I want to preach about that this morning and ask that the power of the Holy Spirit be here. That's the why for this message. To have a hope for tomorrow, but an urgency for today. We just sang the song, All Fly Away, and what a beautiful song that is. Did you guys enjoy that? Yes. One of the classic hymns. Here's kind of the backstory. You see, All Fly Away is actually the most recorded gospel album in all of history of the world. There are over 5,000 different recorded versions of this gospel song all fly away. It was written by a man by the name of Albert Brumley who was born in 1905 in Spyro, Oklahoma. Now, I had to look up where Spyro, Oklahoma was, and it's hard to find. It's right there next to Arkansas, and they don't even have a Walmart, but they have a Sonic, and if you know anything about Oklahoma, every corner has a Sonic. I'm telling you, they they don't have a Walmart, but they have a Sonic. There's 2,168 people that live in Spyro, Oklahoma. He was born 1905, grew up in a very impoverished home. As a little child, in order to help pay the bills, he would work along with his siblings and his parents to help pick cotton just to contribute to the home. When Albert was five years old, his older brother died of a disease, and so being very aware with grief and with poverty, longing for something better than he had, when he was in college, he wrote the lyrics to this song because he was longing for something more than the pain that he felt on earth. He wanted to know that just a few more weary days from now that I'll fly away too. That I'll one day be reunited with my brother. That one day that I'll be reunited with those that have gone on before me. It was the pain of, of his brother. It was the ups and downs of life. He was ready for something more. So he wrote some glad morning. When this life is over, I'll fly away. Like a bird from prison bars has flown, I'll fly away. He was dreaming of the day when he would be able to experience heaven. So my prayer again today is that you would have a hope for eternity, a hope for heaven, but an urgency for right now. But let me tell you something, this urgency we have, our job on earth is not done. And I want to tell you from the youngest person in this room to the oldest one, if there is still breath inside your body, there is still work left for you to do. So don't ever for a moment think when you go back home that I'm done, that I've done my part, that I'm okay to just sit. If you've got breath inside your lungs, it's time to do something about it. There's still a mission that God has called you to do. Amen? A hope for eternity, but an urgency for today. I want to talk about the return of Christ and, and as we do so I want to give you a little insight about the Bible. You see a lot of people today think the Bible is one book and, and some people now think that it's an app. <laughs> the app is convenient and it's great but there's something about having something inside your hands. Amen. This book is, a, is actually 66 books that was written by many different people compiled over a season of 1,500 years it is a book of prophecy and and many scholars would say that 20 to 30% of the book is devoted to prophecy so what what is that it's something where somebody hears from God they pray they spend time with God they hear something and they write it out before it happens they prophesy that something is going to take place and here's what builds my faith okay you ready is that this Bible is full of prophecy and it is all coming true a lot of it already has come true and I want to talk about some of that prophecy today and why I so believe every single word that's in this book it was prophesied that Jesus would be born which he was in, in um, a Bethlehem from the line of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob it was prophesied that he would come into um, a Jerusalem which he did rejected by men which he was betrayed for money which actually happened and accused which we know is true it was prophesied that he would be silent before his accusers crucified beside criminals, all of which happened, that his hands and feet would be pierced and that that they would fight over his clothes, that none of his bones would be broken and that they would give and that he would give his life. And after giving his life, he'd be buried in a rich man's tomb. He would rise from the dead. He would ascend into heaven and be seated at the right hand of God, all of which what, what was prophesied and all of which came to pass. And I want you to know that there's twice as many prophecies in the Bible about him coming again than there was when he came the first time. So that should give you encouragement and faith this morning that if he said he's coming, he is coming back. That's why we must have an urgency for today. A hope for heaven, a hope for tomorrow. But we've got to be urgent right in the right now real life. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the return. The Bible talks about the return of Christ. What do we believe about the return? That Christ is coming again. What does the Bible say? John says it like this. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. I will come back and I will take you with me. In fact the early days of the New Testament church, the first century church, the believers were under such extraordinary pressure and persecution that they were aware that even to confess that they knew Christ to even confess that meant they could be tortured, beaten, whipped and often burned at the stake, crucified sometimes upside down, beheaded and the list goes on and on and on and they were in such danger that you can only imagine the bond that they created together when they found somebody else that believed the same way that they did there was a brothers united in Christ like none other before because they knew that there was persecution to come if they believed in Jesus but did that stop them no because they knew the man they knew who he was. They had seen what he's done. And let me tell you something why do Christians partake in things they not ought to when they know the man, when they've seen what he can do, when they've seen the miracles, when they've seen the prayers answered, when they've seen what God can do? Why do we put ourselves in positions where we could lose that? Interesting thought if i truly know the man then i'm not going to put myself in positions where i could sin so these men they had this secret code they had this secret handshake right it was called maranatha they would say this to each other and maranatha and it simply meant uh, that christ is coming soon in fact for much of my life i've longed for that except for one season and I'm going to be transparent and, 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 and honest with you I was young and in college and I had a prayer I had this dream God I want to get married and have kids so I want you to come back but can you hold off a minute uh, I want to graduate hey I've, I've heard if you ever want to make God laugh tell him your plans so I told God if you hold off just a minute I want to get I want to graduate I want to get married I want to have kids working at my dream job. But can I tell you, church, I turn on the TV, I look out you know, at the windows, I see all the hatred around me. And I see the, the blessings that God has given me, my spouse, my kids, my, my job, and all these things that the Lord has blessed me with. But I oftentimes say to myself, I don't want my children to have to be raised in this ugly world right now. And so, Lord, if it may be, come, Lord, soon. Come, come, come. The Bible says Paul described it, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord. What? Forever. Doesn't that sound great? Therefore, encourage one another with these words you see the trumpet will blare the lord will shout and when would they blow the trumpet in the bible will they blow the trumpet whenever they're going to battle or whenever they were going on a journey so when the trumpet sounds jesus listen church is coming back for an imminent battle and he's going to take us on a journey to that place called heaven you see, what happens is that all those who are dead in Christ, all of those who we have buried, all those who have gone on before us, will rise and receive their glory, receive the blessing in, 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 in heaven. And then after that, what will happen? The rapture. And he will come back and those living Christians that are still here, Paul says after that, after the trumpet of God sounds and the dead in Christ are raised, after that, we who are still alive and left will be caught up. We will go next. Now the Greek word there is called harpazo. It's where we get the word harpoon what do you do with the harpoon when you go out and hunt or fish what not with the harpoon you throw the spear and on the other side of it is attached a string or a rope so I throw I hit my target then I pull that back in that is what to be caught up into the air means it means that we he is going to snatch us and he's going to bring us back all within the twinkling of an eye <laughs> those who are here that's why Brumley wrote I'll fly away all fly away in the morning when I die hallelujah by and by all fly away Matthew chapter 24 puts it like this but about that day or hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven nor the sun can I pause there and say that's why we must have an urgency for today because the warning sign that you're going to get is the trumpet and when the trumpet sounds he's here So that urgency for today means that right now at this very moment I have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to meet with my Savior in heaven. He says not the Son, but only God knows as it was in the days of Noah. Now there will be a sermon later on within the year about as it was in the days of Noah. So it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, and the other left. Therefore, what's it say? Keep watch. Because you do, not know, you do not know on what day the Lord will come. But understand this if the owner of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready. Let me tell you something, church. I love you. I appreciate that. But let me tell you something every second, of every minute of every day of every month of every year that you are alive on this earth you must know that you are ready do you hear me and i say that with all the love in my heart and you know what sometimes that means sometimes that means we have to say no and it's okay to say no Sometimes it means I'll, I'll pass. Sometimes it means I'm not going to go. Sometimes that means we've got to give up something so that we can gain something on the other side. And what we're going to be gaining is so much more important than what we're losing. Harpezo, you've got to know that when you are caught up, it will be in an instant. If Jesus were describing this text in our context today, he might say something like this. A husband and wife were out for coffee. One was taken and the other was left. A team of 20 high school kids were off to a game in a bus. Eight were taken, 12 were left. Literally, it could be five were walking into church one day, four were taken, and one was left. Harpezo, at some point when the trumpet sounds, we're going to be snatched up and rescued, and it's going to be in the twinkling of an eye. Now, I want you to do something for me. Everybody in here. Just blink. I should take a picture of that. don't <laughs> you just blink, it happens like that. Are you ready? Are you ready for the coming of the Son of Man? Because the New Testament says that after the resurrection, he's taken and see this, this thought of of snatching up has happened before. You have Enoch who was snatched up to heaven. You have other people in Scripture. Jesus himself was snatched up into heaven. It's going to happen. It's been prophesied. And when something has been prophesied within the Word of God, you can bank on it that it's going to happen. We've got to be ready. So here's what I'm telling you right now. Hope for tomorrow. Yes. Hope for heaven. Hope for glory. Hope for all these things. But you must have an urgency for right now Maranatha our king is coming soon here's what I love though we have the return we have the rapture but there's another part to this that I love okay it's, it's called the reunion it's the reunion and what happens at the reunion Christians will be with God forever yes Christians will be with God this is how the apostle Paul describes it after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with and the Bible uses the word them That's plural. That's more than one person. So what's this reunion going to be like? All of those whom we have lost. All of those who have gone on before us. All of those whom we love and cherish and miss even to this day. There is coming a day where we get to see them again. But I don't know about you. I I don't want to miss the reunion. I don't want to miss the opportunity to see all those people again. I could name you a list longer than I've got time to preach this morning of people that I'm ready to see again. And let me tell you something, that reunion's gonna be sweet. That's why we must have the hope for tomorrow, but we must have an urgency for right now. So encourage one another with these words, I'll fly away. Because I came to encourage somebody this morning who's hurting, who's been grieving, somebody who's lost something so important to, to them, someone who's afraid of what may to be to come, someone who's lost and burdened by temporary pain in this world, that if you are in Christ, there is coming a day where you're in the presence of God. The Bible says there will be no more tears. The Bible says there will be no more pain. The Bible says there will be no more mourning. And if I could write something in there, I'd say there's no more stress. There's no more anger. There's no more doubt. There's no more pain. There's no more racism in the name of Jesus. It ends. There's no more hatred. There's no more evil. There's no more corruption. But in heaven, everything is perfect in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's something to shout praise about. What's the problem? It's one of the big problems in our churches right now that we're in so in love with this world, but we have a spiritual complacency. And that, be one of the, and that may be one of the reasons why Paul said for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain what's that mean for me to live is christ to die's gain for for me to live is to show the love of christ it's another opportunity it's another moment to represent his grace today is another day for me to glorify god in heaven as i live here on earth today's an opportunity for me to share his love to show his grace to reach out and meet needs for me to live as christ but to die oh it's better Because I'm gaining the glory of the living God. And oh, what a glorious day that will be. 1 Corinthians says it like this. "I I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we all will be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed, for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, Excuse me, imperishable man. That's a big word. And the mortal with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up. What's the Bible say? Where, O oh, death, is your? Where, O oh, death, is your? Mm. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God. Are you ready? Yes. I want the band and the, the praise team to come. Well. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Well. God, 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 help us. Here's your assignment. Be strong and immovable. Be strong and immovable. Having hope for heaven, but urgency to make a difference right now, always working for the Lord. For know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Here's our job because time is short. It's time to love, to express hope, to not hold back to not withhold a blessing somebody's got words to say and encouragement to give be strong and immovable the song says some bright morning I'll fly away to that home on God's celestial shore I'll fly away. It says, when the shadows of this life have gone, like a bird from these prison walls, I'll fly, I'll fly away. Oh, how glad and happy when we meet. No more cold iron shackles on my feet. It says, just a few more weary days and then to a land where joy will never end. I'll fly away. What's the point this morning? We've seen Acts 2, we've seen Acts 4, we've seen the power of God fall within the room. My prayer is that God would do it again. That He would do it again in this house. That the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit would fall in this house. I understand there's times in life where life takes over, world takes over, cares, needs, concerns, care for the kids, pay the bills, do your job, dishes done, laundry's done, got another week, it just happens. The pull of the world lures us in times. sometimes, I get it. But just a few more weary days and then. Do it again, Lord. I want to pray something over you today. I want everybody to stand I want to make a declaration over somebody this morning. And then after I pray. And after I close the prayer. These altars are going to be opened. There may be somebody in here who doesn't know Christ. Who has never accepted Jesus into their heart. I want you to come and I want you to accept Christ today. There may be somebody after the declaration is given that you say, Pastor, I've got loved ones. I'm going up and standing on their behalf. I'm believing in God that they will come back home and be saved. This altar will be open for you. There will be people in this room that say, Pastor, I'm in pain. I'm weary. And I want that hope for tomorrow. This altar will be open for you. There'll be those that say, I need to be more urgent about right now. I need to make sure that my affairs are straight, that I've got everything in order, that my house is in order, that my life is in order, because at the twinkling of an eye, He's coming back for me. And I want that urgency, knowing that right now I'm ready. This altar will be open for you. So allow me to pray this. Stretch your hands to heaven. Time is short. My king is coming soon. Because eternity matters. I will give my all today. No regrets. No excuses. No holding nothing back. With his help and by his power I will leave no words unsaid No deeds undone No hope unshared My faith moves mountains My prayers calm storms My words give life My hands bring healing My feet deliver the good news That Christ is risen And he is coming again His word is a lamp unto my feet His spirit is my power When I'm weak he makes me strong Because Christ is coming I will not back down I will not sell out I will not be pushed around. My life is too valuable. My calling is too great. And my God is too good to waste my life on things that don't last. I am empowered by God's Spirit. I am trained by His Word. I am tried because of the flames. And because my life is not my own and earth is not my home, I will live for the glory of God and not for the applause of men. I am strong in the Lord and in His mighty power to do His will on earth as it is in heaven. Because Christ lives in me, trials will not stop me. People will not break me. Money cannot buy me. Haters cannot silence me. And demons cannot beat me. Time is short. My king is coming soon. And because eternity matters, I will give him my all today. No regrets. No excuses. Holding nothing back. With his help and by his power, I will leave no words unsaid and no deeds undone and no hope unshared. Why? Because Maranatha, our king is coming soon. Would you praise Him right now, church? Come on. This team's about to play a song. And if you believe what I just declared over you, what the Holy Spirit just declared over you, then every foot should be in this altar giving praise and honor and glory to God. Today is that day where my hope is for tomorrow. Tomorrow. But my urgency is for right now. So if you need to come and express your gratitude and glory to an almighty Savior, would you right now take a minute, step out from where you are, and come down to this altar and begin to give Him praise. Come on.